0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church, Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland, and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. This week's reading comes from First Kings chapter nineteen, verse one to nine. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life when he came to Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by food, he travelled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night. Let's pray for Al. God, we just want to thank you for Al. Thank you for his heart. Thank you for his gift. Thank you for the leadership that you have given him. And God, we just pray you'd bless him abundantly now as he um, brings your word to us. God, we pray for fresh anointing on him and a fresh flow. Thank you for the time and the preparation he spent in your presence to prepare this word. And God, we open up our hearts to you. God, would you change and transform us? Would we become more and more like you, we pray. In your name, amen.
1: Amen. Thank you so much, Tash, for that prayer and for leading us, hosting us this morning into the presence of the Lord and around the Lord's table. Thank you to Holly and Matt and Claire for leading us in worship. Um, I want to say good morning to you as well, and it's great to be together. Um, we're having, um, as has been explained, one service together in, um, between both our Lurgan and churches, and we really want to respect and honor the things that God is doing that are distinctive in both of our church communities, and we we love that, and it's been great to be able to come to both of our church services over the last months, but it's also good for us to remember that when we planted Portadown, very prophetically, we sensed the Holy Spirit speak to us about one church across the city that could serve the city and beyond the city, and so it's good. To take moments like this to do some stuff together and realize the bigger sense of family that we're part of. And so we're taking a break from our individual series as churches for the next um, month at least. And uh, we're going to look at some stuff together that we can respond to the Lord on. If anyone's watching from Shalom or Kara, you're also very welcome. Uh, as well as anybody, um, we are aware that there is a number of people that are part of our kind of virtual church these days. And uh, we want to welcome you. We hope you feel welcome. It's not the way we'd like to meet you. We'd love to actually meet you and have a cup of coffee with you and get to know you. But for now, we hope you can feel welcome into who we are and what we're doing. As lockdown restrictions are peeled back and we turn our eyes towards returning to some kind of new normal, we sense that it would be good to really focus our hearts and minds on exactly how we should come back to that next normal or new normal whatever the phrase may be. We know people are coming to the traditional kind of holiday season. Um, some people may have more holidays than others, but we just really felt it would be good in this season, to uh, particularly this month or so, to really reflect on all that we've learned over the last number of months. There's obviously been a lot of trauma and tragedy connected to COVID, um, But in the time that many of us have been afforded, there's been a redemptive element to that. Many people have testified to the gift, if you like, of the time with family, the time to reset, the time to reflect and to be restored a little bit in our souls. And we really just uh, don't want to rush back, but rather we want to leverage and maximize all our learning so we can adopt that and uh, implement that into our life and our lifestyles as we think about coming back To church and to everything else that we will be returning to. And so our theme over the next month is to come back stronger. Um, There may well be a second wave. Uh, People are talking about a potential second wave of COVID. And whether or not that actually uh, transpires or not, the reality is there will be some kind of a second wave, probably more pertinently amongst um, uh, unemployment, uh, poverty, escalating mental health and loneliness kind of cases that's what uh, we're expecting and what the experts are telling us and if that does happen to transpire which is likely you know if if we follow the economic trends that are being predicted then the reality is as the church of Jesus in our own communities, we want to be positioned for that we want to be ready for that we want to be strong in that so we can reveal and reflect the heart of God Tash read from 1 Kings chapter 19 and many of us have been meditating in this passage over this time and in fact felt God speak to me and us personally about this last year where we um, come to know the story of how Elijah in chapter 18 had just won a great victory. He called down far from heaven and um, overthrew the prophets of Baal that uh, Jezebel and Ahab had worshipped and, uh, and yet in first. Uh, sorry, in chapter 19, the, the chapter straight after this, we find him in a really low place. He's quite depressed. It seemed that one season came to an end and climaxed uh, with a great victory, but he was in this kind of liminal space, this limbo space, where he felt quite down and depressed. And God said to him at this point, arise and eat, for the journey ahead is too great. And in other words, you need to get yourself ready, Elijah. You need to get yourself prepared because there is another season ahead. And you need to arise and you need to eat because you need to come back to this new season stronger than what you did in the season before. It's not that the journey ahead was too great in the sense that he couldn't do it. It was too great in the sense that the resources that he'd had in the previous season weren't enough to feed him and strengthen him and to resource him for what God was calling them to in the next season. And we really believe there are new assignments that are coming to our lives individually. And as a church, there's new new encounters and there's new anointing for that. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be strengthened in this season in order that we may come back stronger. And then as I started to think broad, more broadly in the Bible, isn't that true of so many of the kind of hall of fame that the kids are looking at? with biblical characters. Abraham, dealing with disappointment, goes away, wrestles with God, comes back stronger, prepared to offer up the very thing that God promised him back to him. I think of Moses after his mistake and in the wilderness, he goes away, he encounters God and he comes back stronger, ready to lead a nation out of slavery. I think about Esther, the, the, the kind of beauty queen who realizes that she's living for something much more than what she's previously known, and she listens to advice, and she realizes that there's a bigger picture and cost that she has to count, and she comes back stronger. I think about David after he sinned, blew it completely, and he went to the Lord and he grieved and he he, he asked for forgiveness, and he was cleansed from his sin and he came back stronger. Think of Nehemiah, who came back to build the walls after the exile of Jerusalem. And the, the enemy came when they were halfway up and started to whisper kind of negativity. Shout, not whisper, negativity. And conspire in all, in all kinds of ugly ways against him. And yet Nehemiah went away. And he came back stronger and he finished the walls. And then I think of the disciples. I think of Peter after he denied Jesus himself and how he must have been feeling, and not just Peter, all the disciples who never really followed Jesus right to the cross, and how they all came back stronger and helped change the world. And so I want to encourage you in this next season to think about how you can come back stronger to help with this theme. I want to use a sports illustration, if that's okay. And I know that works better for some of us than others, but stick with me, because I think this will be helpful. In in my former life... (laughs) I uh, played some football relatively seriously, and um, when a season ended, uh, like, like almost like when COVID started around the end of April-ish, or uh, the season usually ended around the end of April, so not that far off, we, we entered in every year to what was called a close season. And the close season was this time that you look forward to when the league was finished, the season ended... And the, the, restric- the, 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 the intensity and the pressure of the training and game time relaxed. And that meant that all the kind of heavy discipline that you had to help you perform on a Saturday when you were playing a game, that was relaxed. And you could therefore relax and take some time to allow your body to restore itself mentally and physically it was called a close season, and you didn't do anything with your team then. You were kind of on your own, relaxing. And while that rest usually lasted for six to eight, six or eight weeks, there was a strange thing that used to happen after two or three weeks of just kind of relaxing and not going out the trail, and you realized in order to stay half fit, in order not to go back to the next season like really out of shape, and in order just to keep yourself and your well-being emotionally and mentally kind of healthy, you, you kind of started to introduce some discipline even on your own without being with your team. So you would kind of maybe go for a run a couple of times a week and you would keep, keep yourself ticking over and this would prepare you for going back to training. It wasn't as intense but it ensured you didn't get too out of shape. And then when you went back to actual training with your team, You were still four or six weeks away from the actual season starting, but the intensity and the level of training went up, and this is what we called pre-season training. And pre-season was really, really important for the days ahead. This is when you got back together with your team, and you started to... strengthen your muscles even more. You started to get more running into the legs. You started to get fitter and fitter and fitter so that you could approach the season ahead. There was a bit of a saying that would have went around in football terms or rugby terms or whatever kind of team sport like that as you approach the season and it was something like you have to get a really good pre-season if you're going to be able to endure the season ahead. Managers always wanted their their, their their team players to make sure they had a really good season because into the cold days and nights of kind of November December January that's when a really good preseason stood you in good stead. The managers wanted their players in peak condition for the season to start. Now this illustration isn't perfect for what I'm trying to say, but it is helpful. I I sense that we've had a bit of a close season. The season ended. Uh, more abruptly than what we thought. We didn't expect it, but I know many of us were still working, or some of us were still working through this, but most of us and the majority of us were given the opportunity of a bit of a rest or a reset or a, a different pace of life. We weren't with our team. We were home alone, and while there were benefits of the lack of intensity and rest for people, it felt like in order to maximize that time, we needed to have some disciplines. Hence, we offered you a rule of life that we felt suited that piece of life to help us orientate ourselves around Jesus and around good rhythms for our own spiritual and emotional health. We wanted to stay close to Jesus and use the time well rather than just binge on Netflix. Yeah? And so we, we did that during that time. But now as the restrictions begin to lift, we're encouraging you not to allow your rhythms to be compromised or just to be diluted by busyness, but the opposite. We're actually asking and encouraging you as we enter into now pre-season where we can be together a little bit more, and hopefully that will increase, where we can be together in life groups, where we can be together socially, to really see it as an opportunity to spur one another on in order that we might start the season as it comes upon us stronger. Because this is what I want to say. Game time is coming. There are some big Games ahead. There is an opposition to face, and we need to be strong. We need to be set. The season is about to start. There is a long season ahead. And like Elijah, I think the word of the Lord to us in these days is eat and rise up, for the journey ahead is great. We want to be ready. We want to come back stronger. We want to win. Because the thing about this metaphor that's helpful is, when we were in pre-season and you were working really hard, and sometimes you didn't want to finish that lung-busting run or do that extra little bit of training, the thing that was in the back of your head was your opposition. They're in pre-season too. They're training hard because they want to beat us next season. They want to go better than us. They're getting their own house in order in order that they might beat us. And I suppose I want us to think about the reality in this changing world we are living in, in this unique period of time that we are living through, we have an opposition. It's the kingdom of darkness. And do not not be deceived. He is marshalling his ranks. The enemy is getting ready and has been getting ready to wreak havoc on the earth in these days. The rules of engagement in this changing, shaking world are are changing. Tactics are different. And we need to be repositioned by the Lord with fresh tactics from heaven in order to play in the season ahead with strength and with confidence that we are on the winning team. God wants to empower us. He wants his team to be shaped around the characteristics of the manager, if you like the one who leads us, the one who leads us in the battle. We want our lives to be shaped around his so that we can move into this world where the enemy is seeking to steal and to kill and to destroy, filling spaces and filling vacuums with all kind of counterfeit spirits and counterfeit agendas. Jesus is calling us to be his people to come back stronger and to realize that we can win because the spirit of the living God the spirit of the resurrected Jesus is within us and that we can in this new season grow in power and grow in authority leverage our experiences of the past the skin that we have in the game already and move into new levels of power and authority to see God's kingdom come And I want you to hear this today, every single person listening to this today, every single person, part of our church family, or even if you just call yourself a follower of Jesus, or maybe if you don't yet, but you could, you have a place in this team. You have a role to play and a position to fill that only you can fulfill. And a sense that some of us have been sitting in the stands, spectating, having an opinion having having an opinion on how other people should play, when really the challenge to you is to get out of the stands, to get on the pitch, to use your influence for the kingdom of God to come back stronger so that we together can see the kingdom of God break in on this earth in incredible ways in these days in which we live. And so I want to encourage you to use the next month or so to allow your heart and spirit to be strengthened. I'm not talking, just one more thing to qualify. I'm not talking about working harder. In fact, for some of us to come back stronger, we actually need to rest. I'm not talking about an outward striving. I'm talking about your inner life. Your, what's your inner world, your interior world like? I'm talking about your spiritual life, using this time to be refreshed, to get your spirit strong, to get your prayer muscles. Strengthened and working again for the season ahead. And so, over the next three weeks after this one, we're going to be looking at four words, including today, that help us posture ourselves to come back stronger. The four words are listen, prayer, wisdom, and serve. And we believe these are all doing words that, um, more than just action words, are postures that we think will prepare us for coming back stronger. And I want to leave you with just 10 or 15 minutes thoughts on the first one today. Listen. If we are going to come back stronger, we need to have a posture of listening. Listening and having ears to hear. There's so much noise out there at the moment, isn't there? (laughs) There's so much opinion. There's so much loud debate and discourse that's filling the atmosphere and the cyberspace and sometimes we can feel almost overwhelmed and intimidated by the levels of noise or pushed along bad. Certain topics or agendas are more fashionable than others these days. And it can feel like you're being influenced bad. Social media, for all its strengths, has become a principality in par. For good or for bad, people are being swept up in certain fields of thought. And so much of the noise has so many hidden and not so hidden agendas with that and as the people of God we need to survive this moment and more than that we need to thrive and flourish as his people in this and so we need to learn how to listen if we're going to be strong through this cultural moment that we're living through and the three areas that we need to listen first and foremost obviously we need to listen to God we need to listen to our own life and we need to listen to others Let's look at the first one, listening to God. At the start of this year, I was praying. It was the start of a new decade. I was praying for us and praying for church, and I was asking the Lord, just give me a word that would really inspire us and rally the troops and give us a great vision to move forward to as we look to 2030 and high." And I felt the Lord kept giving me Psalm 1. And I was a little bit frustrated by that because I wanted something more rousing and more inspiring and more rallying, more visionary. And I kept... The Lord was saying, Be like a tree planted by streams of living water, Alan. Meditate on my law day and night. Be rooted. And as this year has unfolded, I'm so glad that the Lord has, um, in his wisdom, given me this passage because I come back to it time after time because no one could have expected the world to unfold the way it has. The noise of public opinion and pressure has seemed so strong that you always want, or I always wanted to respond to everything. And I just felt the Lord say, Alan, you know, just listen. Hold your nerve. Listen to me and be still and know that I am God and be like that tree planted and rooted. Be desperate for the voice of God. We need to listen to God in these days. Thomas Merton said, in prayer we wait for a word we cannot speak to ourselves. Think about that for a moment. In prayer, we wait for a word we cannot speak to ourselves. We're living in times where our own wisdom will never be enough. We need a lesson for a word from the Lord that we cannot speak to ourselves. We don't need more information people. We don't need more people quoting scripture just to win arguments. We don't need more Christians posturing themselves to leverage their own ministries. We need the voice of God. We need the gentle, firm voice of the great shepherd leading us forward with fresh confidence. And we need to listen for the voice of God for two ways to be effective for him. First of all, we need to hear him for our own identity we need to hear the gentle voice of our heavenly father drawing us into his embrace and reminding us of who we truly are sons and daughters of a living god so, so much of our core identity is under attack at the moment. There are so many competing voices looking our allegiance. The right wing is looking our allegiance. The left wing is looking our allegiance. Different political agendas are looking your allegiance. Different fashionable trends are looking your allegiance. But as followers of Jesus, our allegiance is first and foremost to Jesus the king of kings and the lord of lords and when we give him our allegiance we're telling all those other things that they don't have our allegiance that Jesus and Jesus only will be the one that we'll take up our cross and follow him for so that we can receive the fullness of our identity as sons and daughters of God if we're to come back stronger We need to come back as secure sons and daughters of a loving heavenly father who rules the universe. And every morning we want to wake up and hear the voice of the father saying, morning, you're my beloved one and I delight in you. One of the things that's the greatest joy of being a dad is when you go down for your breakfast in the morning and your kids are sitting eating theirs and my son or my daughter are sitting, eating our Weetabix or Shreddies or whatever it might be, and you get to like just put your arm down around their neck and hold them in close to yourself and kiss them on the head and remind them another day that they're your son or they're your daughter and your delight is in them. We need to listen to the voice of God in order to grab hold of of our own identity. And again, all the great biblical stories testify to this. Abraham, Moses, Isaiah, Samuel, the disciples, Mary, they all had these encounters with God. And in most of those encounters, God spoke their name. Moses Moses, out of the burning bush. Samuel, as a little boy, Samuel, Samuel. Hey, the Jesus, at the, uh, when he was resurrected, when he, when he called Mary's own name, they heard their name. And when you hear God, the God of heaven and earth, the great father of our lives and lover of our souls, when he calls your name, it's so compelling that it changes everything. To be strong in the Lord doesn't start with doing stuff. It starts with you hearing your name being called. And if we're going to come back stronger, we need to listen to God so that we can hear his voice and have him to remind us who we truly are in a world that's competing and trying to take and steal our identities. But we need to not just listen to God to be strong in our identity, but to be strong in our influence. And both of those are connected. God wants us to be in step with him he wants us to be listening to him so that we can bring influence for him on the earth. And we can only influence if, firstly, we know that God-given identity. Jesus is a great example, isn't he, him for us in this. that he, he told us that the Father was always working. And so Jesus was always doing what the Father was doing. And so we could always stay in step with what the Father was doing because he was always walking out of perfect sonship. And so his, his listening to God's voice, hearing the Father speak over him, you're my beloved son and I'm well pleased in you, he could influence in the Father's ways because his identity flow, his influence flowed out of his identity. And so we want to listen to God in a way that affirms our identity in these days, which will bring it even more, uh, a greater effectiveness in our influence for him on the earth. It's all a relational flow. It's not transactional duties. So let's be those who discern the Spirit in these times, who listen to the Lord, who walk in step with the Spirit. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. As we listen to God, we also secondly want to listen to our own lives. This has been a great opportunity over these last number of months to self-reflect, hasn't it? To become more self-aware and to gauge our emotional, spiritual health. The the key to any level of growth is self-awareness. We need to become aware of what our growth areas and edges are, and that comes by good reflection. Some of us Myself included, we're so caught in busyness and the rat race of kind of the world around us that the little dysfunctional patterns that have worked their way into our lives and behaviors and attitudes, that sometimes we miss them because in the busyness, we find ways to either excuse them or become blinded to them. And I think one of the gifts of the time that we've had is the Lord has allowed some of this stuff to come to the surface, even though it's been hard. In Proverbs chapter twenty, verse five, it says, "The purpose of a man 's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out, and when we listen, we come to understand the purposes in our life and whether they're aligned and congruent with where the father wants to lead us. And as I think about coming back stronger, I want to encourage you, as I 've encouraging myself, to take stock, to look inside to become aware of what your own life is trying to say to you, to come to the Lord in his presence with an open heart and say, search me, O God, and know me. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be anything offensive in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We have to remember that our father is a good father. He's never here to shame you. He's not into that at all. If it's shame, it's not God. He's always here to invite you into greater freedom. And so maybe you could start with asking yourself the biggest question of, what have I noticed through this period that's been good? What have I noticed about myself that the Father would want to affirm? And what have I noticed in myself that that hasn't been good? That may be an invitation from the Lord to lead me into greater forgiveness and greater freedom. Uh, And I say this, when I say to listen to yourself, what I'm not saying is, to tell yourself what you want to hear, which is what we all do. That's why we do this in the presence of the Lord or with a really trusted friend who asks us really good questions. There's there's a humility about this process which I think the Lord wants to teach us. We need to stop hearing the voices in our own heads which reaffirm our sense of entitlement or our ego, but we need to allow the truth to do its work. The reality is yeah, I say this to myself first and foremost. Some of us have just too strong a relationship with our own opinions. And the the humble forgiveness, uh, repentance, contrite spirit that the Lord wants us to operate in a deeper way, I believe, in this next season is to relinquish control of some of the stuff that we hold tightly to in order that the spirit might do a work. Remember, this is about Posture and counterculturally strengthen the kingdom is measured by humility. And so we will come back stronger if we come back more humble. And if we listen to our lives and begin to reflect to on, on what we're thinking about, begin to reflect on what we're saying, what kind of narratives that we get caught up in, what kind of conversations we allowed ourselves to get involved in, what kind of language we use when we're talking and asking ourselves why do we find ourselves saying certain things or repeating certain things or being caught up in narratives that aren't necessarily overtly sinful but negative to some description. Allow the Holy Spirit to do a deep Work there. Maybe this has been a time and a moment for you to realize how much our, your identity has been defined by your role or your job or your status or your friends that you've been removed from. And it could be an invitation from the Lord to say, I, I want to reveal a deeper level of my love, a deeper sense of identity in me. Maybe you've become aware of a hurt or an area of unforgiveness in this period that's surfaced out of nowhere in this time, and you know that there needs to be a little bit of work. And then maybe you've <clears throat> spent some time being still before the Lord and you've become aware of, of a dream that has been buried. And now in these moments, it's coming to the surface again and the Lord is saying, I want you to pick that dream up again. I want to do something with that thing that got buried because you got hurt or because you compared yourself or because you thought you weren't capable Listen to yourself, reflect in the presence of the Lord. Let's be still and come back stronger in that sense as well so that we can become more effective for the Lord. And then finally, the third part of the listening process, we listen to God, we listen to our own lives in God's presence and we listen to the other. Our values as a church are loving God, loving people and loving the world these values stem from the great commission and the great commandment. Remember Jesus reinterpreted the law, the Old Testament. When he took the commands, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Two scriptures from the law, from Deuteronomy and from Leviticus. And he put them together and he said, this is the greatest commandment And he said, love the Lord your God, and the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And he put the vertical and the horizontal together so that they could not be separated. In other words, your love for God means nothing really if it doesn't express itself as love for the other. And Jesus put them together so intricately, even in himself when he hung on the cross. We see the vertical and the horizontal of the cross coming together both to love God and to love our neighbors. We're called to love each other, and we're called to love our neighbor, and we're called to love the other. And maybe the way that we can love people the most in this age in which we're living is to listen, to listen to their hearts. Dietrich Bonhoeffer put it like this, the first service that one owes to love others sorry, the first service that one owes to others in the fellowship consists of listening to them. Just as love of God begins with listening to his word, word, so the beginning of love for our brothers and sisters is learning to listen to them. The way that we can love each other best is to listen to them. God has designed the idea of his kingdom to look like a vertical exclusiveness Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And a horizontal inclusiveness. This is for all nations, of all peoples, of all tribes. And I think that God actually holds back what he could do vertically in order that we can experience him in the horizontal, in the other. When you do it onto the least of these, you do it onto me, There's so much more God could do as all-powerful God that he wants us as his image bearers to do and to see of himself in one another. This is the gospel, people. This is what Jesus died for. This is the new humanity that he longs for. This is why his blood poured down from the cross, not just that we as individuals could be saved, which is wonderful, and we praise God for that, but that he could bring us into the family that he always longed for, people from every tribe and tongue and nation. In Colossians, Paul could say, here there is not Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave free, but Christ, Christ is all and in all. This is the new humanity. This is all nations. And we want to model out better and better going forward as a church. We are different. We have differences from other people in our town. Differences are okay, but we need to find new levels of unity if we want to reflect what heaven's going to look like and if we want to bring heaven to earth. And that, I think, starts with listening to others before sharing and pushing your own opinion on them. There's so much is changing in our world today. And I really believe the Lord is uncovering, like he said the spirit would do, come forth to bring forth uh, righteousness and judgment to expose sin on the earth. And I think one of the things that he is exposing is that, that sectarian prejudiced spirit And um, I have no interest in taking sides in that, in a sense, other than the side of Jesus and his kingdom. What I do know is what Jesus is longing for, and what the Bible points towards, is a family, a multi-generational, multi-ethnic family. That is what Jesus said was going to happen. It was going to go from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth where the color line or the religious line, all of that stuff gets washed away by the blood of Jesus. This is the kingdom of God. This is what happened in the early church. They had to listen. Acts chapter 6, sometimes you see we over-idealize the early church. They were amazing. They were in fire for God. But they didn't have it all right. They were still really centered on their own little patch in Jerusalem. And something rose up, an ethnic issue. The Greek-speaking Jews weren't being looked after in the same way as the Hebrew ones were. And they had to listen. And the apostles modeled a form of listening and changing their systems and structures in order to become more like the heaven that Jesus called them to represent. And so we see the church begin to flourish because of that. And so as we posture ourselves to come back stronger, I really believe the Spirit is calling us to listen better. Practically listen to the people in your own neighborhood. Have even more courage to listen to people on the other side of the street or the other side of the community. Invite people from different ethnic backgrounds in your town into your home. Encourage those friends in your children's school who represent families from other nations and invite them around. Build relationships. Listen to the stories. Maybe even learn their language. Whatever it might be, let's listen to others so that we can more fully reflect the kind Of community that Jesus longs for on the earth, which is going to be like that in heaven. And so I just want to encourage you over the next few weeks as you get some time, I want to encourage you to have that little phrase going through your head How can I come back stronger? Arise and eat, be refreshed, be strengthened in your spirit so that you can come back stronger. And start by being still. And listening to God, listening to your own life, and humbling your own heart and body and spirit to listen to the voice of the other in our communities so that we can reflect the kingdom of God on earth and be a colony of heaven in this town, in this city for the glory of God. The Lord bless you today and may his spirit be at work in our hearts over the next number of days and weeks. Amen.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.